biggest thing you gave me was time. You didn't really know me. We were from the same neighborhood and area, but I was with a group of guys that wanted to go to college, wanted to play ball. And you actually gave us that reality that, hey, this could actually happen because we saw somebody that was like us and that we wanted to become. Recruiting is about relationships. It's built on trust. It's built on doing the right things. And it's built on your head coaches and your athletic director, their vision. And I think we have two great leaders, both of those positions. So it makes it easy for me to go out and, and do what I do. Be aggressive. Let's win. Here we go. Before I even get started with my in-depth questions, uh, one question I'd like to ask you, and it, and it really digs into who you are, uh, is what is it like and what does it mean to you, the responsibility slash opportunity slash um, um, honor that, that you have to be the, the first African-American coach in, in the history of K-State men's basketball? No, that's, um, uh, I, I don't know how this is going to endear me to our fans, right? But the, the truth of the matter is when the job first came open and um, I had some involvement with it, you know, meeting with Gene and the, the committee the first time and then leaving, I was, very apprehensive about about the job i i, I initially like i personally don't like cold weather okay? <laughs> and so that's that that was like and everybody knows that about me and um just you know the just just it, it just like i i had a real uneasiness about it and then one of the guys on staff Jareem dowling called me one day while we're at the nca tournament and he says to me coach do you realize you're going to be the first uh, black head basketball coach in Kansas State history and he said your children and your children's children are going to be able to have that as a legacy and when he told me that it really turned my mindset about the, the job the opportunity and then the responsibility that I would have and just the the, the chance to pave the way for, for others to have an opportunity if, if I do a good job if I represent the, the university, the, the way it needs to be represented and, and how I'm capable of doing that, um, that, that really played a huge factor in my mindset and my energy changing towards uh, this job. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. And I, and I think, uh, like you said, it's, it's uh, the fans, they, they, I think they'll be okay with you being, being, uh, uh, not locked in with the cold because I'm not locked in. With it. And, <laughs> and fortunately, you being a basketball coach, you're indoors. I, I, I don't yeah. like the cold, and we're always outside. Man, yeah. So, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we got a lot of really nice purple jackets. <laughs> Go cats. Um. So, so my next question kind of kind of feeds right off the first one. Tell us about your journey. Tell us about your journey to, to, to becoming a head basketball coach at Kansas State University. What, what, what was that journey like for you? Man, um, 
in years it seemed long, but you know, it just seemed like it, it happened so so quick, you know, just to, as you think about it. I, I'm a coach because I, I had, um, I didn't have a great experience as a high school basketball player, okay? And um, when I got to college and I, I was around other guys and they started talking about their coaches, I, I wasn't able to talk that way about my coaches. And I, I decided at that time that I wanted to be a coach so that when my players left and went off to school, wherever they went off to school, that they, they'd say that they had the best high school coach ever. And, and like, they didn't lack for anything. Like, so I, and as I learned about the game of basketball in, in college, watching Rick Pitino videotapes and other tapes of how to improve yourself, I didn't know that there was player development. I didn't know that you could get better, that there was ways to improve certain things. I thought all you did was go out and play and that's how you got better. And, and I learned that from watching tapes of other coaches. And, and then I became, you know, a way better player than I was coming out of high school. And I just figured if I, most of these guys that I'm around have more talent in their little pinky than I have in my entire body. And if I could improve as much as I did, there's no reason the next person can't do the same thing and go even further if I can lay a path for them. And that's why player development is so important to me and that experience. So that's why I got into coaching. Um, but my gift though is ministry and that's what God blessed me with. And so I, I used to be a youth pastor. I'd be behind the pulpit. There'd be 35 kids in the church. I'd go open the gym. There'd be 70 boys in the gym. If I had pizza, there'd be, a, yeah, if I had pizza, there'd be another 50 girls in there, you know? And, and so I realized real quickly, I can impact more lives on a basketball court than I could behind a pulpit. And then God just moved me, you know, moved me from, from high school to, to Baylor. Uh, and, you know, when I got to Baylor early on there, I had a dream of me holding up the whole net. All right. When national championship, holding up the whole net. And I knew then that I wasn't going to be, be a head of um, an assistant coach of my whole career because God, you know, the assistant don't get to hold the whole net. Up, all right. <laughs> and uh, so I knew at some point I would be a head coach and I'm going to win a national championship. And so, you know, I just, I just tried to be the best, whatever coach Drew needed me to be at Baylor. I tried to be the very best in that role that he had for me. If it was recruiting, I tried to be the best. If it was compliance, if it was academic, whatever role, the responsibilities gave me, I tried to be the very best and treat the program like it was mine. And then just pour into people's lives. And um, along with doing that, you know, uh, some people took notice, you know, and I remember Leonard Hamilton telling me early on in my career, he said, when it's time for you to be a head coach, everyone will know. You know, and when I got this job, I mean, I, I don't think, I, I don't know that I haven't seen it, but it seemed like everyone was very excited for me getting my opportunity and felt like I was ready to do it and I paid my dues, you know, and, and so that I'm appreciative for in that journey of learning the, the, the whole, what it takes. And now as a head coach sitting in this seat, I realized there's so much that I, I didn't encounter, you know, that right. I'm encountering now. and and but I believe that I'm prepared to navigate. Right. So so when you when you walk through veneer, and actually you don't walk through veneer, you you just run through 
uh, go. Uh, but when you when you're in veneer, you know, around that place, we have we have the, our core values, our values of discipline, commitment, toughness, selflessness, and and we built that into our culture. So when you think about what you're doing as a basketball coach and and coming in where you're coming in, how how are you working to to build your culture? In, in, in the basketball program right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to uh, lead by example and, uh, and build it within our staff. And one, the, the three things we talk about is that we're gonna be tough, we're gonna be appreciative, and we're gonna be passionate. And you know, whatever we do, and, and toughness to me means the ability to do the next right thing, right? Because what, what things, people are gonna mess up, things are gonna go wrong, uh, tough people do the next right thing. They don't just let one mistake lead to two. And then we're going to be appreciative. You know, we're going to be very thankful. We're going to, everyone we come in contact with, they're going to know that, that we're grateful. There's no entitlement in us. And then lastly, uh, we're going to be passionate, right? And uh, I mean, wh whatever we do, we're going to attack it with great energy. And uh, people are going to say, man, those, those, those dudes are excited to be where they're at and doing what they're doing. And, and that, that's what we have as a staff, and we're going to let that permeate to our players. And, and the way we do that is by being servant leaders. And, you know, and my, Jesus came to serve, and, and so if he can serve, we can serve. And we want to serve our players. We want to serve our community. We want to serve, you know, this university. And if we can set that example of, of, of servant leadership, then our players are going to fall in line and follow. They see us making the, you know, doing the next right thing. You know, when, when things don't go our way, then then they're going to do the next right thing. If they show us, be if they see us being thankful, you know, they're going to be thankful. If they they see us, you know, having passion every day and energy and smiles on our face, you know, they're going to have no choice but to fall in line, or they're going to stick out like a sore thumb, and then they're going to have to find someplace else because they're not going to be a, a a part of what we're doing. And you know, as a coach, I got you know, uh, <laughs> my non-negotiable is you're going to be on time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so we go, we're going to be early for everything. You know, early is on time. On time is late. Late is unacceptable. That's, that's what we say around here. And, you know, and, uh, and we're going to have a high level of communication, you know, and uh, I mean, that, that means we're going we're gonna to talk first. We're not going to wait for somebody to talk to us. You know, ain't nothing like having young people or anybody walk in a room and they see people there and they don't say anything. Right. So we're going to have a high, high level of communication. We'll communicate with our professors. When we walk in the classroom, we're going to thank them for what they're doing. They're, you know, we're not just going to take it for granted that, that you know, that we have this opportunity here. And, uh, you know, we're going to somebody send you a text, we're going to respond. You know, we'll just have a high level of communication. And then, like I said before, we're just going to be very, we're not going to have no, any entitlement to us. We're going to be thankful for everything that we have. And as we display that as a staff, you know, and what we do, it's going to spread to our players. We're going to, we're going to look for it in recruiting. And, uh, and then when we see it, we're going to celebrate it in our guys. And I, I think, so, you know, it used to be a day when you would point out what people did wrong. And, uh, you know, today with the young people we deal with, if you celebrate what people do right, every kid wants to be celebrated. So they're more likely to do right. So we're going to celebrate when, when people do things the right way. Exactly, Coach. That fires me up. The point you made about, um, you know, being on time. You know, I think young people, especially, you know, when they learn that lesson, you know, when they learn that lesson, it's, it's a lesson that, that they can carry on well after their, their hoop dreams.
or over. So it's 2022, right? But if you think back to 2020, right? You think, think back to the COVID and you think back to the social justice issues and the initiatives that, that, that were abound in 2020 and 2021. And actually we still are dealing with COVID in 2022. Well, think back to your, your life as a leader what would you say? What would you say those moments did to help make you a better leader? If you can remember those times, well, how did those times help make you a better leader? Dealing with your players, dealing with staff, and and just uh, in general. Well, we were um, at the Big Twelve tournament, right? Uh, getting preparing to play Kansas State, right? Got up that morning. And I remember getting a phone call from a reporter who says, hey, man, have you heard anything about the tournament being canceled? And I was like, no, nah. I thought it was the craziest thing in the world, coach. And so then I go downstairs and I see a couple of administrators huddled, talking quietly over to the side, like it would look real suspicious. And then we go in, you know, the, the, the dining room where the guys are coming down for breakfast and we're going to watch film and we're going to do a shoot around before our game later that night. And then all of a sudden it starts rolling in, man, this, this tournament's canceled, that other tournament's canceled. Ah. And we get the, the tournament's canceled, right? And so we gather the guys, we tell them the tournament's canceled. Well, four hours later, we have to gather them again because now the NCAA tournament is canceled and the season's over. We are a chance to be a number one seed the first time in the school history, right? <laughs> 23 game win streak all that right like we we got a chance to win a national championship and we have to gather our guys and say fellas the season's over and I remember how sad we were as a staff as we started talking to the guys and about what was going on and then one of our walk-ons Obama Kike he said look man we're not gonna let this be a sad thing right because we had a great season and we've had great times and laughter and wonderful times. Every one of us, we could talk about the great times we've had together. So this is not going to be a sad time, right? No, we're going we're gonna to celebrate this thing. And if K-State wants to meet us at an outdoor court, we'll meet them <laughs> at an outdoor court. We'll play that game. Uh, it changed the whole mood of the room, right? And it changed as a, to see a young person be that resilient and, and be able to think of the positive at that moment. I couldn't help but approach every day the next, the next day and the day after that, the day after that with a very positive outlook uh, if that young man could do that, coach. And so, man, I appreciated the time I had with my family. I got to spend a ton of time with my wife and my kids. I picked up cooking, right? I, 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 mean, <laughs> I learned, so, hey, I uh, went for walks. I, was, I got to stay, reach out to people. I, I, I saw the blessing of what we were in and so as a leader going into next year, you see what happened in our country with the social injustice. And I got to talk to my son about it and get his, his take on it. We got to go to, to marches together. Um, you know, like there was that, if it had not been for, for the, the country being shut down, the impact of what took place with George Floyd would not have been as strong. Right, because they would have covered it up. The news would have covered it up with something else. There'd have been something else that went on, something else that would have been bigger, something else that would have been more important. But our country was shut down and we had no choice but to deal with that. 
And as a, as a basketball staff, as coaches, as leaders, we had to address it with our guys, right? We can no longer make excuses for things, right? As a dad, I had to address it with my son. And I could know, I had to apologize to my son because my son took a knee during the national anthem uh, a few years earlier and I went at his head, okay, as a dad. And then I, I had to apologize to him because maybe if I had taken a knee with him on that day and spoken up more about what happened with Colin Kaepernick and, and been more vocal at that time, maybe George Floyd is alive. Maybe a, Ahmaud Arbery is alive, right? If I had been more vocal at that time. So I had to apologize to my son. And we went to marches together. We went to, to different demonstrations together. And, and coach, I, I'm just telling you, it, it changed me. It changed me as a man, changed me as a leader. It made me want to be more, normally, you know, you try to appease the environment you're in. And, you know, man, hey, let's move forward. Let's, let's make the best of it. Well, you know, it wasn't time to make the best. It was a time to shed light on what was going on right, and address it and, and have the people who had power um, be willing to have those conversations. The conversations that you and I have with our sons in private about when you get pulled over, how you respond, right? Other people don't have, some other people don't have to do that with their son. Scott Drew didn't have to do that with his son. And he was, he was taken back with, with it in a good way because he didn't realize that, right? He didn't know that I'd been pulled over multiple times you know, just want to check my ID because I'm driving a nice car. You know, the, he didn't know that I purposely had to pick a different type of car for my son to drive, even though I could afford one that was nicer, but I didn't, couldn't do that because I didn't want him to be targeted. You know, so, so those are some things that we got to address and people got to hear about. And, and as a leader moving forward, it is going to be, we are going to have conversations with our, with our teams about, police interaction. We're going to develop those relationships in the community. The, the first time a cop meets one of our players will not be when they pull them over. Okay. We're, we're going to, cause we're going to have those interactions because it's important. It is so important. So it's so important that we keep it on the forefront and we don't put it in the back burner. We're, we're going to, we're going to have discussions about voting and the power of the vote. Okay. And both locally in the community and nationally, you know, and we're going to have those discussions. So it, it made me just be more intentional as a leader about things other than just their career. Right. And, and I hope to continue that on. And I think, you know, for us in football, we had those same discussions. And, you know, sometimes you think that the players, they don't want that, right? I don't know why you would think that, but sometimes you think they don't want that, but they want that more than anything because, like, like you do with your son and I do with my sons, it's an opportunity for them to grow because they're trying to figure it out. You know, that, like you said, they, they, they need to know, they really want to know how they should interact the right way with law enforcement, right? They, yeah. they are, especially the players we deal with, you know, you are about to be college graduates, right? So yeah. when you enter, you know, when you enter the world, we want to give you the tools because out there in the world, right, they're not throwing touchdown passes. Right, they're, they're dealing with real life situations. So, when you think about your life, Coach, who has been who has been the 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 best leader in your life? And and if you could just share with us a couple things that that person or something that person has taught you, man, um, there's gonna be there's gonna be multiple 
um, people that have had impact, leadership impact in my life along the way. I, I uh, growing up, I had a youth pastor and named Mike Allen. He's the pastor of a church now. And um, he had this, he had like a big vision for everything. Like we never just had uh, an ice cream party. We had the world's largest ice cream <laughs> Sunday. We, we never just had an Easter egg hunt. It was the world's greatest. It's like, he just had this big vision for everything that he did. And, and it, it inspired me to, to think big, right? Outside of, of my small community and, and the, the opportunity to be special at something. And, and then I had a, a, a Bible quiz coach in church named Norma Schuler, And she like believed in me, right? Like she thought I could be a special person. And, and I found like, I would want to be around her. Like I, I look forward to being around her because of how much she believed in me. And that, that like really gave me the desire to want to like put that kind of like feeling into somebody else to let others know how much I believe in them, you know, and giving them confidence because her confidence in me allowed me to think I could be great, you know? And so, you know, th th those two people early on set the tone for, for my leadership style moving forward. And, uh, and, you know, then I ran into this dude named Scott Drew, man. And I'm just telling you that dude, he's a special man. And, and when, when you like, he can find something positive in any situation and, and he's able to like, get you to move on from, from any, anything that like, however bad it is, he can get you to like, think past it, that, that you can get out of it. And, and his positivity and his energy every day. And the fact that, um, man, he, there was never a day he walked in the office and didn't say good morning, didn't talk. It didn't matter if it was a win. It didn't matter if it's a loss. It didn't matter what it was. We won a, on a eight game losing streak one time. And every day this dude came with energy and he's gonna find a solution. We was not gonna talk about the problem. We are gonna figure out solutions. And, and that, that's, that's given me, you know, guys, and he was such a servant leader and he was so humble and uh, his humility uh, in things. And that's, that's one of the things that I've looked for for guys in my staff. You know, I, I've looked for guys who have, have a level of humility to them, that they're confident in their ability, but they, they approach it with a level of humility because that, 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 that people, people are endeared to that. Our guys gravitate to that. Arrogance drives people away. And uh, you can be confident without being arrogant. And, and that's the kind of guys I have in my staff. And that's what I learned from Coach Drew. So those are just three people that really impacted my, my, my leadership uh, method. Right. Okay. Well, we, we, we say one, but, you know, a lot of, but it's okay to have three. It's okay. <laughs> but, okay, you alluded to it just a second ago. When, when you are choosing a staff member, when you're choosing someone who's going to be on the bus with you, you talked about humility. What are a couple other things that, that you look for when, when bringing a person into your staff, bringing a person onto your staff? Yeah, they, they, they have to be people, uh, people persons, you know, like, like people who they, they enjoy being around other people. Uh, they, they enjoy investing in, in uh, other people. And, um, and then they gotta be great communicators. You know, and, and it, everyone communicates differently, but everyone can communicate. And I, I think on our staff, man, we've just got a very diverse group that has 
a very interesting way, each of them in, in communicating and connecting with people. And they all like enjoy investing into, into young people. And, um, and their, their, their humility level is, is incredible. They're willing to do whatever needs to be done to help the program move forward. And so those, those were the things that I looked for. And um, I, you know, I, I, I feel like I hit a home run with, with these guys. And when I, when I, you know, I've had an opportunity to be around your staff, be around the guys that who, who will work with you. And that, and that is, it's cool. The diversity that you have, you know, you have some older guys and you have some younger guys, you have some uh, uh, coaches of color and then you have some white coaches. Uh, and, and to me, you know, the staff that you put together is, like you said, it's, it's an example, a big time example of diversity. And, and to me, I, I think, you know, there's strength in that. There's strength in diversity. You get, you get to see things from different perspectives. You know, you get to see things from different lenses and which many will be different from you. I just got a couple more questions. And, and one of those is, um, how would how this staff, this great staff you put together, how would they describe your leadership style? Oh, oh man. I don't know. You got to ask them. Uh, I just I try to, you know, just give them uh, the freedom to express their thoughts and ideas and give them a, emotional freedom, you know, where where they don't have to worry about saying something and and you know, feeling like, like I'm going to come down on them or I, I want to hear the truth. I want them to feel free to share it. And cause I, I believe you can learn from everyone. Um, so I would hope that they would say that um, I, I'm open to, to ideas and suggestions and I give them the freedom to do that. You know, I, I'm not a micromanager. So, you know, I, I believe these dudes, they're all grinders and that, that, that's, one of the reasons I hired them. And so you know, I let people do their jobs and I believe that they, they're going to do an excellent job at it. And, you know, um, and then, uh, you know, I really, I hope they'd say that I really care about their families because I learned a long time ago that if things aren't right at home, things will never be right in the office, right. you know? And so it's real important to me that, that, that their wives are involved, that their children are involved and that they're well, and, and I, you know, there's a lot of ways to do this thing. And, but, but the way that I'm going to do it is that our families are going to come first. And, uh, cause some people I read this somewhere, you know, you know, don't, I don't want to spend my whole life trying to, to make a life and not get a chance to live it, you know, and I, I want us to, to live our best life together. And, and I don't see this as work. I always tell them all the time, I enjoy living life with them and, so that that's what I some things I'd hope they'd say. Okay, okay. Well, no, they they didn't. I, I've asked a couple of them, and none of them call you a tyrant. Uh, so so. We're, <laughs> my, my final question, and this is this this can be a difficult one, uh, but if you could talk to the younger Jerome Tang, right? If you could talk to that dude, what would you tell him today, knowing all the things that you've learned over the years? What kind of advice would you give him? Um, I would tell him to, I'm a hugger, but I would tell him to hug your children more because you're going to look back and, and wish you did. Um, 
And I feel like I, I'm, I'm like a hugger, okay? So my kids will tell you I'm always smothering them, but when they were little, I, I, I would wish I could have hugged them more. Um, to enjoy, the take the time to celebrate the journey. Um, that we've had, we had a lot of victories along the way. And I, I don't think till the, it was towards the end that I made myself enjoy it. Cause I was always worried about the next thing. What's the next thing we have to do. And so take, take some moments and just enjoy what's taking place. Um, and what else would I tell my younger self that, uh, don't worry because it's going to work out, you know, worrying you ain't changing anything by worrying so right. don't worry it's gonna work out just just you know trust god because because he's got his plan is better than your plan right that's right he gives you the passions he gives you the joys of your heart you're gonna hold it you're gonna hold that net one day coach right yes, sir that net one yes, day sir. Gonna work out well man i appreciate your time coach and uh as as always man it's, it's all it's good to spend time with you. I've had an opportunity to spend time with you in person, but here I am on Zoom uh, and having the same opportunity to spend time with you. I, I appreciate it. And uh, man, uh, can't wait to watch you guys go out and, and do what you do, All right? Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to being on the sideline for the football games, baby. Yeah, good, for sure. Yeah, we, <laughs> if, you, if you get too close, we're gonna throw you out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I'm gonna stay far enough away, uh, close enough to yell at the referees, though. Well, yeah, we like that. That's good. That's good. Well, well thanks a lot, Coach. I appreciate you, man. And All right, baby. Go catch. Is go catch.